This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. Amber Smith here with you. Raise the issue of opioid abuse in central New York, and it seems as if everyone knows someone affected by this epidemic. This continues to be a major and vexing problem, and not just in our community. Here to bring us up to date on the opioid epidemic is Dr. William Eggleston, a clinical toxicologist at the Upstate New York Poison Center. Welcome, Dr. Eggleston. Thanks, Thanks for, for being here. Me. Okay, so our regular listeners have heard interviews with you and some of your colleagues about the opioid epidemic over the past several months. But let's take a look at the current situation. What, what's, uh, what's going on now? So our current situation uh, in the United States is one that's been consistent but changing over the last few years. So we, we've recognized now for a few years that opioid addiction and death has been a problem uh, in the U.S. And, and prescription opioid overdose deaths have continued to rise, uh, with most recent data uh, from 2014 indicating that nearly 30,000 people in the United States died as a result of, of opioid overdose. 30,000 in 2014? Yes, which is a staggering number when you think about it. Uh, But what's changed recently, and and the reason why uh, you're hearing so much about opioid addiction in the media, is that it's no longer just prescription opioids. In fact, it's now predominantly drugs like heroin and other synthetic opioids uh, that have been around for some time, but had been a little bit more under the radar. And now the numbers are much more staggering than they've been in recent history. And the amount or the people addicted to uh, heroin uh, is broadening, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, It it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, your gender, where you live, what you do for work. We all, like you said, know someone or are related to someone or love someone who's suffering from addiction. Yeah, so that's not an illusion. There really is that many around us that we all do feel like we know someone right. affected by. Wow. So nationally, there's a big problem. What's the situation locally in central New York? Yeah, so we essentially mirror the, the nation right now as far as uh, opioid addiction rates and death rates. And that number is the most staggering if you just look exclusively at heroin overdose deaths. So heroin overdose deaths nationwide for the first time in 2015 uh, surpassed gun homicides in the United States, which is a, a very wow. staggering statistic if you think about it. Um, More people died from heroin overdose than gun violence. Correct. Wow. Yeah. And the those numbers, uh, if you look at from 2005 to 2015 in the United States, uh, the number of heroin overdose deaths increased over 500%. And when you tease those numbers out locally here in New York State, Uh, Back in 2005, there were less than 100 heroin overdose deaths reported statewide. And and here in 2015, uh, we were over 1,000 heroin overdose deaths. Uh, So those numbers are increasing at an alarming rate. Um, And and we're still waiting on the 2016 numbers. I suspect they'll continue to trend upward. And we have a problem here in Onondaga County as well. Uh, So our numbers are a little uh, more outdated. Uh, but if you look just at in the recent time frame of 2012 to 2015, uh, our number of heroin overdose deaths in Onondaga County increased threefold. Uh, so we have a problem. There's a problem in the state and there's a problem in the country. 
So when you look at um, accidental deaths in general, how high up are opioid or heroin overdoses? So it's tough to tease out specifically opioids within the realm of accidental deaths just because of the way the CDC reports oh. their numbers. Uh, but accidental deaths related to drug overdose have soared in the last uh, decade, and, and they're now uh, top of the list for uh, the number one cause of, of preventable deaths in the United States. So they're at the top of the list, and probably a good portion of that is opioids. Correct. So let's um, give a quick description. Opioids are a pain reliever that works on the nervous system. Yeah, so uh, opioids are essentially a, a medicine that masks pain. Uh, so our bodies, whenever we have something happen, uh, we have pain as a normal response to let us know, hey, there's something wrong. And what opioids do is they shut down that response system. They don't necessarily do anything to affect, to fix the problem that's causing the pain. They just allow us a time to buy us some time to fix that problem so they mask it for the patient. So they're a great solution for someone who gets into a car accident and breaks their leg and they're in the emergency department and mm. they are in true pain. Uh, and so while we get that problem fixed, opioids help to keep that patient comfortable. As far as for long-term use, for, for fi fixing pain long-term, they're really not a great option. They don't work well, and they have all of the problems associated with them that we're now seeing. But for short-term prescription, there's oxycodone and, or oxycontin, they, Percocet. There's right. a bunch of different. And they work great for a day or two. Okay. Uh, but once you get past that one or two-day period, uh, the likelihood that they're going to really be beneficial is low, and the likelihood that they're going to predispose that patient to becoming addicted becomes That's higher and right. higher every okay. single day that they continue to use them. Now, heroin is an opioid, but it's obviously it's a street drug, illegal. Um, why is, how does it factor into this opioid epidemic? Why is it becoming a problem? So heroin is becoming a problem uh, for, for two reasons. Number one, uh, we have now recognized that prescription opioid overuse is a problem. And to try and curtail that, we have reduced the number of opioid prescriptions here in the United States. And that's a necessary thing. It's an important thing to, in the long term, reduce the rate of addiction. Sure. However, as we start to cut off that supply, patients who are already dealing with addiction uh, are, are losing their source of, of opioid. And so they're looking for something else. And heroin is available very cheaply on the street. And so that's the primary reason why it's becoming uh, so much more frequently used. On top so it's of, cheaper than the opioids, even illegal street opioids. Right. So and if you it's wanted, easier to get. Correct. If you wanted to buy a prescription pill or a prescription oxycodone on the street, it was gonna, it's going to cost you a lot more money than, than heroin mm -hmm. is. And then on top of that, heroin's a little bit different than other opioids in that it's really, really good at getting into our brain. And opioids in the brain are what causes that feeling of euphoria, that really good high feeling that you get. And so the, the high from heroin is different than from any other opioid. And, and once you start using it and become addicted to it, it's tough to get off. Just so it's because more addicting. Right. Nothing else wow. feels the same. Wow. Okay. And we're seeing increases in uh, not, not only the death, death rate and addiction rates for heroin. Right. So over the last decade, the addiction rates have doubled for heroin in the United States. Interesting. Okay. Let me remind listeners that this is Upstate's Health Link on Air, and we're talking with Dr. William Eggleston from the Upstate New York Poison Center about the opioid epidemic. All right. Let's talk uh, about the harms of addiction. If these drugs are so dangerous, why do people keep trying them? So 
addiction's an interesting thing. And a lot of times when we think about addiction, we, we try to think about ourselves. So if we're someone who's not suffering from addiction, it's difficult for us to understand, understand because if we know something's going to hurt us, we just choose not to do it. And, and it seems very, very simple. Uh, but addiction is, is different. It's a disease uh, and it does actually change the way the patient's brain works. Uh, so over time, as you use these opioid medications, the chemicals in your brain and the wiring in your brain changes uh, so that you don't have the same thought process that somebody else would uh, with regards to using these these drugs. Uh, so, so recognizing something's harmful and that you should not do it is something that a person with addiction can't necessarily do. Right. And the, the interesting thing is if, if you ask patients who, who are addicted to opioids, it's not an education issue, right? Overwhelmingly, a vast majority of them say, yes, I recognize that by using this, this drug, heroin, oxycodone, morphine, I 100% am aware that there's a risk every single time that I'm going to die. They understand that. But far and away, they continue to use anyway. And it's because that desire is so strong and the chemicals in their brain are so much different that even though they recognize that harm is there, they still continue to use again and again. So what, what prompts someone uh, to start with this? Is there like an underlying thing that's pulling people toward pain relief or pain masking? It's tough. I, I think that there's no one good answer as to why addiction happens. There is certainly a genetic component. There are individuals who are more predisposed to becoming addicted than others. We don't yet have good tools to figure out who that is versus who that isn't. Uh, so as far as research goes, we're going to continue to try to figure out ways to figure out who gets addicted versus who doesn't. On top of that, we know that patients who are on prescription opioids for long periods of time who are on high doses, those are people who are more likely to more suffer from addiction for, long term. Okay. Exactly. So our best bet as, as healthcare providers is to make sure that we're giving patients the lowest dose possible and that we recognize uh, along with them that this is a short term option. This is something that will deal with the pain today while we come up with a plan to fix it tomorrow that that is not involve opioid medications. Uh, because truly long-term, they're not a good option. So someone uh, who wants to, I don't know, try recreational or whatever opioid use, is it potentially deadly for a one-time, first-time user? Absolutely. So the reason that people die from opioid overdose is because they stop breathing. Uh, so when those drugs get into your brain, in addition to causing that really euphoric feeling, they also cause you to become very sleepy and at higher doses cause you to stop breathing at a normal rate. Uh, so even a single dose, if it's a little bit too high, uh, can stop your breathing on the first use and, and that would be your only use. So this could happen quickly or, um, or over time? It's after generally taken... over the course of, of an hour or two. Okay. Uh, so it depends on the different drugs, right? Some of them take a little longer to work mm. than others. Uh, but, but typically, it's, it's a, a fairly quick process. Um, and, and the other important thing to recognize is that patients suffering from addiction are not necessarily patients who have become addicted because they wanted to go out and try it recreationally. A really big percentage of patients suffering from addiction are patients who were prescribed prescription opioids for, for a legitimate, uh, for a completely legitimate reason, uh, and just ended up 
having the prescription for too long or the dose too high, uh, and one thing led to another, and before they knew it, they were addicted, and they may not have even known it. Uh, and then once the their drug is, is cut off and it's not prescribed anymore, uh, they will look for an alternative because they just can't stop. So what can we do? What can society do to help these people with this type of addiction? What can we do? So the best thing that we can do is continue to get them into programs that provide them with all the resources that they need. That's going to include a support system. Uh, that's going to include uh, long-term cognitive behavioral therapy. And, and in most cases, that's going to uh, also include uh, substitution therapy. So that's with drugs like methadone or mm -hmm. suboxone, which has buprenorphine as its active ingredient. Those drugs are have the same properties. They are opioids as well. Uh, but they work a little bit differently, and we use them in very, very low doses with the goal of, of over a year or, or longer getting patients off of them and off of all opioids so that they can lead a normal life. So it's not a quick fix. This is a long-term right. sort of how to get... Everyone's okay. always looking for a quick fix. Unfortunately, this is not in our current uh, climate for addiction resources, both nationwide and in New York State is bleak. We, we don't have enough resources uh, and we're starting to recognize that and <clears throat> uh, we're continuing to push for more money, uh, more providers uh, and, and over time that we'll be able to fix that problem but in the short term uh, it, it's a huge issue that we're dealing with. Well for right now the New York State Health Department has this uh, New York State Opioid Overdose Prevention Program which someone can find online or we'll have links to on healthlinkonair.org um, but that might have some resources attached to, to that. Absolutely. It's a, it's a fantastic program. And, and the goal is, is what we call harm reduction. So the goal is these patients go out every day with the possibility of, of potentially it being their last day. And until we have the adequate resources to treat their addiction, we need to put alternatives into place that give them the chance to stay alive long enough to have access to those resources. Because okay. Speaking of staying alive, naloxone? Right. The drug that uh, is available to reverse an overdose, um, is that something that uh, is available in the community widely? Yes. So that is the one of the number one uh, resources as far as harm reduction goes. Uh, it's available both in, in most pharmacies in New York State without a prescription. So you can go in and purchase that. Uh, just go up to the counter and ask for it, and the pharmacist can teach you how uh, to administer oh, that medication. Uh, you can also uh, attend one of the many opioid overdose uh, training programs in New York State, which are available through the, the website that you had mentioned. Uh, and I think that's a great resource that, that folks should take advantage of. You never know uh, when you're going to encounter Just to be prepared and have that. Exactly. Wonderful. Well, this has been Amber Smith talking about the opioid epidemic with Dr. William Eggleston from the Upstate New York Poison Center for Upstate's HealthLink on Air.